Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. We kicked off a, a new talk last week entitled Commissioned, and I, I, I took that out of Matthew 28. Uh, most theologians, scholars, that's what they refer to as the, quote, Great Commission. And so we're looking in the Gospels, and we're really just kind of uh, following Jesus and you know, uh, really taking it from the perspective of, or I should say it like this, looking through the lens of Matthew 28 and going through the Gospels and kind of following the life of Jesus and the disciples. And so hopefully, uh, you know, as we get into this, uh, that, that you, you, you're open to let the Lord stretch your faith a little bit. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes um, when you hear certain things that you think you know, and your, your thoughts and your mind will wander. And I know for me, I have to, to, to make sure that I stay dialed in sometimes. So, uh, you know, let the Holy Spirit help you with that. Let's pray and we'll, uh, we'll unpack things tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. That it leads our life, that it stretches our faith, that it transforms our soul, that we can be not only hearers but doers, advancing your kingdom for your glory, Jesus. And everybody said amen. Man, Matthew 28, let's, let's look at it again. This was uh, in verse 16. Uh, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. Here's the thing, man. But some doubted. Now, 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 we touched on this briefly last Wednesday, but wrap your head around this. These guys had been watching Jesus, Jack, for years now. They followed him. They've even done the miraculous. And he repeatedly told them, guys, I'm going to die. And then in three days, I'm going to get up out of the grave. Now, I know that if you'd never heard of that before, and Derek said, hey, man, I'm going to get up in three days, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, man. And I'm sure they were like that. You see, you, you can't just look at them and be like, man, you should know better. You, you see any dead people get up? I mean, you have to put yourself in, the, because it's so easy sometimes to, to be critical of other people, to look at their life. Like, man, they followed Jesus. I've had those thoughts before. I've had people tell me, man, I wish I could have been around when Jesus was here. Really? You mean no, no bathroom? No air conditioning? You like that? No shower? Come on, man. No, I thank God I am born now because I still get to watch Jesus. Because the living word and the written word are one and the same word. So I get to, st I still get, Jesus hadn't changed just because he moved to heaven in his body. He, the anointing, the Christ is here in us now. And so they are, you know, some worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he spoke to him and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, let's, let's think for a second. If all authority was given to Jesus at this particular time in history, the Bible gives us no indication that, that he relinquished that authority to anyone else. He still has it. Yes? You sure? See, he, he does if you give him authority in your life. Jesus won't just make you do something. That's why some of y'all are mean sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm working on it. My, my staff is reminding me not to look so mean when I preach. They're like, man, I know you're passionate and you're intense, but you look mean sometimes. I don't want to look mean. But I don't want to look weird either. When I'm, are you with me? 
All authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and here. And then he makes this statement. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. So you have to stop for a second and go back, and, and this is what we're going to do tonight, and, and watch some of the things that Jesus taught and some of the things that Jesus commanded, because this is what he's, he's, a telling, he's telling this first initial group, the 11, that they've been commissioned to go make more disciples like them. Yes? This word commission, it simply means this, that... that we, uh, being committed and entrusted uh, to, to, to have this supervisory authority over a certain action or a specific assignment. You see, our assignment, guys, as followers, as disciples, as, as the people of God, our assignment, it's not just telling people that Jesus will save you from hell. It's not just the promise of eternal life. It is so much more than that. Our job as a disciple is to make another disciple. Are you with me? It, 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 and I know that it's a lot easier just to invite someone to church and let me teach them all the time, but that's not the design. The design is for me to encourage you to go make them. I'm, I, thank you. I'm a, this, this group, y'all you know, go make them. You know, you find somebody. Now, now when I say that, that doesn't mean that you have to write a sermon and get somebody trapped in the break room. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Line upon line, here a little, there a little, you sow the seed, the parable of the sower, that's what you practice every time you're going to disciple someone. You take those opportunities. Not, and, and so often it's not something that you're saying, it's something you're doing. You're being a sermon before you're saying something. You with me? See, what, what part of our assignment is, is to extend the lordship of Jesus to all of humanity through us, the church. They should see Jesus in us. Not the name on the building. Not denominational philosophies. Jesus. See, the thing about it is this, he wants us to create. Because remember what he told his disciples? He said, you go teach them everything I commanded you. And we're going to look tonight at some of the things that Jesus commanded them to do. Uh, and, and so creating a disciple, man, you've you got to be willing to, to know, you know, not only be teachable yourself, but be humble enough to realize that outside of his help and anointing, you, you're not going to make it anyway. So we always have to stay aware of that. Are you with me? And, and then we, uh, we kind of introduced this last week because, remember, we kind of started in Matthew and Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit comes upon him and then led into the wilderness. He was tempted by Satan. And so you, you must understand if Satan tempts Jesus, he will definitely tempt you. Are you with me? Uh, and, and then we move into chapter 4 where Jesus actually starts his ministry and he begins to select some of the disciples. And, and in verse 23, let's look at this. Chapter 4, verse 23, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And the fame, or his fame, went throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him. I want you to notice the, the, this, the, the words here. 
Because so often you see this word all repeatedly. They brought to him all sick people. How many? Now, who's left out of all? All right. They brought all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics. And he healed those that it was God's will for him to heal. What's it say? He healed them. Who's the them? Oh, yeah, thank you. Come on, y'all going to help me with this? He, he healed all of them. Now, now here's the thing, and, and, and this is the key to this. Well, maybe not the key, but one of my favorite parts that we're not seeing yet today in the church, and I'm, I'm believing that we're going to. And great multitudes followed him. You see, here's what I'm believing for, Will, is that as we dig into this, as we talk, because what I've discovered, we love to talk about teaching and preaching, but for some reason, through time, the healing part of this has just kind of got filed away. We don't talk about healing. And we've got to talk about it if it's ever going to be a reality in our life. I cannot tell you the number of pastors that I talk to that aren't on the same page with this. They've been trained at whatever education or training program, et cetera, that they went through, that something happened with the healing part of the gospel. Either it went away with the last apostle uh, or if it's God's will. There's a variety of different beliefs that are out there. But you have to come back. What is our foundation? The word, yes. Yeah, well, I tried that and it didn't work one time. I had a symptom. I didn't get this. I, I understand that. Guys, you know, my mom lives in heaven today, and she shouldn't be there, all right? But I'm telling you right now, that, is not, that does not change the gospel. How many people is it that it's God's will that they should go to heaven? But do all of them go? No. So our job is to present all of the truth. Even the ones that we're still struggling with and we're not seeing yet, he went about teaching and preaching and, it's not a separate point, and healing. And, and what happens over time is we allow experience, opinion, different teachings to take us a different route. And all of a sudden we begin to question not only ourselves, but here's the real tragedy, Jack, we question God. And now that doesn't phase God if you question God. He's God. But what it does is it hinders our soul. Because remember in the beginning, some worshiped and some doubted. Yeah. And it's the same today. We're at different places in our journey. So you, you can never let uh, the enemy, you can never let your situations or, or anything like that uh, bring condemnation or manipulate you into a, a, a new avenue of believing something or, or losing or giving into doubt. And so we have to stay open to this and allow Jesus to teach us these truths. And so as we follow him through the Gospels and you hear something, guys, this is the key for you. And you hear something that is like, mm, man, I don't know about that. Instead of just filing it away in the I don't know about that category, why don't you ask yourself, Lord, is, is that for, for me? Why don't you be humble enough to say, Lord, why don't you help me bring my faith up to that level? And as you watch Jesus, because what I've discovered over the years is this, you cannot, no, no, no you got to get this, you cannot follow Jesus through the Gospels. You can't read the book of Matthew and come to the conclusion that Jesus doesn't heal. You can't. You can't. You, if it was in a courtroom and you were against me and you were trying to prove you, Kate, you losing. 
You can't prove it. Well, I need, I need to see somebody healed. Then you're not, there's no faith there. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into it. But, but, but what we're doing, we're, we're seeing more than healing. Remember, we're following Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter 4, he begins to pick some of his disciples. And then you see this account of he healed all of them that came to him for healing. Now, now understand, Jesus didn't just show up in a hospital and heal people. But every person that came to him for healing, they got it. And then you move into chapters 5, 6, and 7. Of course, we went through some of this last week. This is the, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And, and I mean, Jesus, he covered a variety of subjects here, the Beatitudes. He said that we're the salt of the world. We're the light of the world. He said that he's the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. He deals with a number of different issues of the heart. He says crazy stuff like not just love your neighbor, but he says stuff like this, love your enemy. And we're like, nope. Right? Then he tells you this one, Sherry, don't worry. Don't worry. But we, we worry, don't we? Worry is almost a habit for some of us, isn't it? You don't even know you do it. You're so used to worrying. Then he says, here's another one that I like in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't judge people. This is a big one in the church because I know I know as, as we grow to different places in our relationship it, it, with the Lord, we come to the conclusion in our pharisaical mind that we've arrived at a place where we can judge somebody. <laughs> yeah. He said, don't judge anybody. He's the judge, not you. Our job is to love people. The good, the bad, the ugly, we love them. Now, that doesn't mean we don't teach them truth, right? You have to, you have to use the Word of God as your foundation but our job is not to judge people. Then he says, put the kingdom first. And then lastly, he makes this statement as he's wrapping up his Sermon on the Mount. He says this, and he talks about a house build, being built on a solid foundation. He says, build your life on everything that I say. See, if you do that, if you build your life on what I say, you'll have a solid foundation underneath you. If you don't, your house is built on what? Sand. Yeah. And so when you begin to follow him and you take the words of Jesus, you take the example and you look at his life, because here's the thing, guys. If you followed, now you think about this. If you followed Jesus for three and a half years and you watched him do the stuff he did, and then you're in a break room one day and, Derek, you're telling somebody about Jesus, what you going to tell them? You going to give them a sermon? Or are you going to say, man, let me tell you about this crippled dude. I mean, you start telling these kind of stories, and the hair stands up on the back of your neck. And they're like, for real? And you're like, yeah, for real. Let me tell you about this blind lady. Let me tell you about this woman that was dying from this blood disease. And all she did was touch his robe. You, you're not, you, you, you're not going to try to preach a sermon. You're going to be telling, man, let me tell you, I saw this. I saw, I saw, listen, we were, we were walking down Main Street one day, and this lady was coming out with her son, and he was in the casket. And Jesus just stopped, stopped the funeral, and he just went over and, like, get up. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow. I know y'all are all cool about it. It would be like, yeah, praise Jesus. <laughs> right? This kind of stuff is not an isolated thing that we're, we're supposed to look at and say, ooh, that was Jesus. Now, in one sense, yes, we need to have that reverence for him. But Jesus, my king, my big brother, said, hey, Gary, 
The stuff I do, you do. That's why it's called the Great Commission. He said, guys, everything I commanded you, you go teach more and tell them to do it the same way I did it. Yeah. So after, the, after his Sermon on the Mount, let's, we're, we're moving into Matthew chapter 8 now. And in, in chapter 8, verse 1, when he had come down from the mountain, a great multitude or great multitudes. Now, I've kind of followed this word multitudes. It's kind of... You know, it's all over the place. But the one thing I have discovered in the two in, in two very specific uh, uh, stories is the feeding of the five thousand and the four thousand. Uh, they call those multitudes. So at least five thousand plus women and children. Five thousand. You know, you got five thousand. Can you imagine? He didn't. Chad, he didn't even have a sound system. Five thousand people. They were following him, and, 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 and so the multitudes are following him, and behold, a leper that should not even be there, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So I want you to see something here. He already believes Jesus could do it, but he doesn't know, he doesn't know if Jesus will do it. And there are so many people. This has been one of the bedrock foundations of Christianity that I've heard over the years. I've heard people pray this, Lord, if it be thy will. It's it's weird. All of a sudden we want to talk King James when we pray like this. Lord, if it be thy will. No, right? We're getting ready to show you his will. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can. And Jesus put his... (laughs) You don't touch a leper. But Jesus put his hand on him and said, I am willing. If he am willing for this guy, Jesus doesn't change. He am willing for us. I am willing, be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him. Now, I know this is where we get hung up because we go pray for somebody and we don't see the same results that we do in Jesus' life. I got a newsflash for you. I love you, right? You ain't Jesus. Now, we can walk there, but if you don't see the same results, you ain't there. Some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. You, 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 if you're not walking there yet, don't get all tore up. Stay, that's right. Stay on it. See, it's really, it's almost, Ricky, it's almost arrogance on our part to just assume because we, we heard a sermon on it or, or directly listened to somebody's tape series on it, that you're going to walk in this. You're, you're not. It'd be like me watching a video on brain surgery and then I'm going I'm to take some applications tomorrow. I, I watched the YouTube, I mean, I got it. Why are y'all laughing? Because that's ridiculous, right? So why would we think differently about the most powerful, most significant thing in existence? No, you're going to have to learn how to walk in this stuff. You're going to have to grow in it. I mean, these dudes followed Jesus for three and a half years, and they saw most, some of the most incredible things. You'll see later on in this journey that in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus told them, said, guys, I'm giving you power. You go preach the kingdom of God. You heal the sick. You raise the dead. And they, and they did. <clears throat> but now in Matthew 28, they're still doubting. Are you with me? It's a daily 
life that we live, this transformation of being like him, doing like him. It's called discipleship. See, we think for some reason, well, yes, I've got that one now. We'll check that box, and you're walking in it. No. There's this thing called, in, 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 in a, a number of different arenas in the professional world, this, there's this thing called continuing education. It's the same in the body of Christ. You've got to stay at it. You've got to stay at it. You know, it, you know the, 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 for example, Stephen is an excellent drummer. I used to be. I don't play anymore. When you don't use it, you, oh, you know that? Yeah. That is that way across the board. If you don't use it, if you don't, whatever it might be. So when it comes, and I'm, I'm convinced, I really am, that this is probably the key ingredient in why the church is, 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 so, is, is in such a gray area when it comes to healing is because we just don't talk about it enough for it to be a reality in our life. See, that's why we have to have these talks because there are so many different views on this subject about healing. And unfortunately, uh, what happens is because it, it's, it's just easier on our conscience to go back to some religious thinking, well, it must not have been God's will. No, that's not biblical, you guys. This story of the leper makes it very clear. Jesus said, I am. That's the same I am that God spoke to Moses. He said, Moses, who am I supposed to say is, is sending me? He said, I am. You tell him I am is sending you. That's the same I am because God is the same. Old Testament, New Testament. We're under a new covenant. L listen carefully. But God hasn't changed. Are you here? In the book of Exodus, that's, that's why he makes this statement. I am the Lord who heals you. Remember, we, we looked at this in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what? Healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And I know every time I read stuff like that, just in my, in, in my spirit, this is what it's like. I, I continually get this pushback. Yeah, but that was Jesus. You guys have got to let that go. Jesus was showing us the way, the great commission. He, he said, you go teach them everything I commanded you. You go show them how to do it. So you can't, that, that yeah, but that was Jesus stuff doesn't fly. Remember last week we talked about the centurion soldier, and we talked about honor and, and the things that he recognized about who Jesus was. And he said, I'm not even worthy that, that you should come under my roof. Just speak the word. Remember all that? Jesus said this, I will, I will, I will come and heal him. I will. See, this is the thing you have to understand. If Jesus will him, he will you. The, the, the difference is, once again, we try it and we don't see the same result and we just unhook and, and go right into unbelief. Don't. Don't let off the gas. Stay with it. Five scriptures, we have this healing card that we've made available so that you could just speak the word over you. Well, I tried it a couple of times. I didn't see any difference. <laughs> He's so cute. Now, mine is on my refrigerator right now. You all know I, I still battle with allergy stuff, and I shouldn't, but it is, it is not God's fault. It's not. I've got to stay at it. What did Jesus say if you follow that story about the centurion? In verse 13, he makes this radical statement. He told the centurion, 
As you have believed, let it be done. As you have believed. So if the centurion gets it according to what he believes, can you get it according to what you believe? So if that's the case, maybe, just maybe, guys, we need to self-evaluate what we believe. Here's a, really, here's a really important thing you ought to see. God repeatedly reminds us through the Scriptures that he shows favoritism or partiality to no one. The Scripture makes it very clear also that neither Jesus nor his word changes. So if both of those things are true, if he doesn't pick and choose who gets it and who doesn't, I mean, think about it for a second. What kind of God would that be? Uh, yes, healed. Uh, no. Uh, yes, healed. Uh, no. Really? It's not even biblical. But for some reason, we've come to that conclusion because of wrong teaching, no teaching, because the more we talk about it, according to Romans, what happens? If, according to Romans chapter 10, what happens when we talk about it? Faith comes, baby. Faith comes. That's what believing is. Let's keep going. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. Now, when they had come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. And so he touched her, and the fever left. Now, let me take a second here. Because you have to realize many of these stories, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, these three gospels, you will see most of these accounts in all three gospels. But what you will see is a different perspective. You see, this is the cool thing about how God uses humanity. God inspires a human through his personality, his style, and he writes from his perspective. You see, when you, follow, when you read this story from Matthew's perspective, Matthew may have been over on the other side of the room when they came in and Jesus was over there. And all, he couldn't really hear what was going on and he just saw Jesus touch her. And the fever left her. But in Mark's gospel, you get a little bit more clarity because you get a different perspective. In Mark's gospel, the Bible actually says that Jesus came up to Peter's mother-in-law and he rebuked a fever. What's that mean? He talked to a fever and told it what to do. You ready for this? And fever listened. And it left. Wow. Let's go back to the beginning. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, you go do what I told you. That's, my, that's G's paraphrase, okay? You go do what I told you. Parents, how about how many of y'all like that? Boy, Joy, how many times you say, boy, I told you, go cut the grass. Well, I want to finish my video game. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're putting the video game up for six months, and you're going you're gonna to mow. See, y'all laughing. You think God's different. It wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't, hey, guys, I got, when he, first, when he called his first group, I got, Cody, I got a suggestion. Let's try this if y'all are okay with it. No. He actually uses the word command. He said, you go teach them what I commanded you. Yeah. All authority has been given to him. So Jesus walks up to this, to Peter's mother-in-law with this, with this fever, and he spoke to fever. And I know some of y'all faith giants in the room, you, you, you've grown a little bit in this, and you, you, you try this stuff, and it doesn't work, and you get frustrated. Listen, quit getting frustrated with, with your pampers on. We're still growing. Come on, guys. 
We're still developing in this. I can tell you this to this day. The, the enemy will not let up on this. Every time I go to pray for somebody, before I even get there, he's already in my head. That stuff don't work. It's definitely not going to work. Remember the last time you went to the hospital and you prayed for so-and-so, nothing changed? Huh? And that's how he works. He is a master manipulator. You got to tell him to shut up. You got to resist the devil. And you're like, you know, no, watch this. God told me to do it. I'm doing it. Yeah, what if you don't see any results? Okay, I'm still going to do it. I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. I'm not going to blame God with this, if it be thy will, junk. And yeah, I'm going to speak to stuff. If Jesus spoke to fever and he told me to do stuff like he did it, I'm going to speak to fever. If I could speak to a fever, I could speak to any other kind of sickness. Well, pastor, I just don't know about that. Well, that's okay. That's why you're here. So we can help you so that you will know about it. And you're not, you're, not, you're not confused. And so the next time one of your family members has a symptom, instead of you wavering back and forth, you know what to do. And you put in a big, the Bible says in the book of James, call for the elders of the church and they'll anoint you with oil and heal the sick. So how did it go away if the elders of the church are supposed to do it today? Let's keep going. So when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word. Here we go again. And he healed how many? Come on, man. Jesus, if it really wasn't that big of a deal, why are you healing everywhere you go? If you just wanted us to preach a message about Jesus saves, Jesus saves, what's the big deal, man? You ever thought about it? Because we're supposed to be watching him, right? He is our example, right? This happened that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You have to understand the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years ago is looking into the spirit and he is seeing Jesus being beaten. And he, speaking prophetically, is saying he's taking our if it was just for a certain time in history, he would have said taking theirs. But he didn't. And then if you go to, on the other side of the cross to where Peter is looking back at the cross, he says you have been. He has healed you. See, our job is to take enough time for some transformation to take place. Why? Because we're commissioned. We're the ones that's been entrusted to operate in this supervisory role of authority. Like I told you last week, it's, it's what we would refer to today as the power of attorney. Jesus lives in heaven today, and he has given us his body on the planet. All authority, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, so go make disciples of all nations. You teach them to observe everything I taught you, everything I commanded you. So you guys, if you've listened to me any, uh, any length of time on this kind of subject, you've heard me say this before, but, but I, it, I just need to get you thinking on this. Guys? Why, if, if it's not for today, why would Jesus train his first disciples to live and to minister a certain way and then command them <clears throat> to train all of their disciples to do the same thing and then Jesus moved back to heaven and expect us to live a different way and not say one thing in his word about it? 
Not to mention, he didn't tell any of his closest followers, hey, guys, y'all are my favorite ones. We're going to get to do this. But then those generations down the road, sorry about their luck. No, they can read about it, but no. Come on. Are y'all with me? <clears throat> See, I believe Jesus gave us his word to show us the way. And if you follow the word, you have one path. Jesus heals, Jesus heals, Jesus heals, Jesus heals. Hmm? So when you study the life and ministry of Jesus, let me ask you this. When you, Jack, when you follow him, why do you, why you think Jesus healed everywhere he went? Well, I'm going to tell you. Just, I'll tell you. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. This is why he did it. <clears throat> just, I just want to help those of you that are in that mindset, if it be thy will. Watch this. John chapter 6, verse 38. I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So if Jesus heals, Jesus heals, Jesus heals, heals them all, heals them everywhere, 100, 100% of the people in the Bible that came to Jesus for healing got healing. Not one time did he tell one person, uh, God's trying to teach you something. Uh, it, it might not be the Father's will. Uh, now, now, just, just maybe not now. No, he came to do the will of the Father. So when you see Jesus healing, it's very simple. This is the will of the Father. As a matter of fact, Jesus makes this statement. If you've seen me, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know that one, right? You've seen the Father. So it is absolutely 100% God's will to heal. And if we're not walking in the fullness of that yet, it is time, at least for my, for my sheep, to stop blaming God. We're not going down that road anymore. You know, I'm going to look inward. Where am I missing it? Maybe you're not missing it. Maybe you're just still clay on the potter's wheel and you're still developing. You just went from a tenfold to a twentyfold and you're still growing. Remember the parable of the sower? Maybe you should go read that again and see this is how the kingdom of heaven works. When you look at that parable, you have to realize the first seed that's sown on the wayside ground, the Bible says that the enemy comes immediately to steal that word. So you heard it, but he took it right away. It didn't accomplish anything in your life. The next one, you heard it, you received it, but then the cares of the world come in and pull stuff out. The next one, you hear it, you receive it, but the pressures of life, the, the, the desire for other things get in the way. And then you have this last group. They hear the word, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. See, even of that one group that hears it, out of that group, not even all of them walk in the fullness of it. So <clears throat> stop being so hard on yourself when you step out and, and you, you're, you're trying to follow Jesus and you're not quite there yet. Are you for real? <laughs> I don't know that I will ever be there this side of heaven. But we keep shooting for that. That's why the Apostle Paul said, hey, guys, you imitate me like I imitate him. See, I believe that everything that Jesus did while he was here on the planet, it was, not only, it was not only pointing to what he was about to accomplish for all of us at the cross, but he was showing what humanity anointed by the Holy Spirit is supposed to look like. Watch me. This is how I do it. This is how I do it. Yeah, that's right. Remember what, remember what he said in Matthew? You go teach them to observe everything that I commanded you. Now, let's keep going. We're still in Matthew chapter 8. Let me check my time here. Okay. 
Now, we're going to shift gears for a second because in verse 23, Jesus just got through preaching. Now he's getting ready to go across the lake to the other side of this region in uh, the Gadarene region. There's a couple cities there, and it's been controlled by this demonic oppression. You don't get all that in there, but when you step back and look at the big picture, you see what's happening here. And so in uh, Matthew 8, 23, so he gets into the boat, and his disciples follow him, and suddenly this great tempest or this storm arose on the sea. Now, this, this still messes with my head. <clears throat> so the boat was covered with waves. Now, I don't know how many of y'all been on boats. I got a little boat that I fish on. And, buddy, when the waves get tough, you, it's all over the place. The boat that probably, at that time in history, the boat that they were on was probably about the size of this stage, maybe a little bit bigger. I've been on, I've been on a cruise ship before. And one, I, I remember one morning, I, I don't get seasick or anything like that, but one morning we were up in, in one of the front restaurants, and they had 10-foot waves that were breaking. And normally you can't even see your drink move in the glass on a table but that morning, my orange juice was doing this, and so was my stomach. And by, I'm like, baby, something's, yeah, on a cruise ship. So, so this, this really kind of messes with me a little bit. These waves are crashing into the boat, and Jesus is asleep. Come on, man. What, what's, what's he doing here? I think he's messing with them. Uh, parents, you ever been asleep, but you, 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 know, you, you know what your kids is doing? <laughs> right? Yeah. He's asleep, and so his disciples come to him, and they wake him, and they say, Lord, save us. We're perishing. And he says, I got it, boys. I got you. You're going to be okay. Come here. Let me hug you. What did he say? Why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. And then, now it gets crazy. Then he gets up. He probably he probably mad because they woke him up. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm not. My, my wife, she's a leaper. I'm a creeper. You wake me up, I'm slow out of the game. Like, mm. huh? so he gets up and he does what? what what's, come on, you can say it. What's he do? He rebukes. What, what's rebuke mean? He <laughs> now, Jack. Not only was he talking to fever, now he's talking to wind. Yeah, Pastor, but that was Jesus. I'm, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> not really. I would, I would not. You know I would not do that. <laughs> you got to let that, whoever that is, you know what that is? You know I love you, right? That's called down-home country unbelief. When you say, yeah, but that was Jesus, that's all that boils down to is you don't believe that you, are, that you can do what he did, even though he's told us repeatedly, you can. That's why he got on them. He said... Why are you so fearful? Even if, here's the thing, even if you can't, I'm in the boat with you, baby. Even if you're not going to rebuke it, I'm right here. You think I got in the boat to die? That's like, that's like people that, that, this, that believe this dumb stuff. Well, pastor, you know if it's your time to go. Well, what if you're on a plane? It's the, pastor, it's the pilot's time to go. See, that theory is out the window, man. Well, you know, if it's your time, it's your time. Not that day. See, that's crazy stuff, man. It's just stuff that we make up. Yeah. So he rebuked the wind and the sea, and it obeyed him. Yeah. 
But that's not the end of the story. So they land over in the region of the Gadarenes. As soon as he gets off the boat, this demon-possessed guy shows up. And he makes this statement. Now, it's not the guy talking, it's the demon in him. He says to Jesus, have you come to torture us before our time? Remember, remember a few weeks ago I told you all if you ever tried to deal with the demon and you're wondering if it is, it isn't, you will know. God doesn't play games with this stuff. You'll know. And so Jesus steps up on the scene and, and he's, he says this and, and then Jesus rebukes him. He rebukes the demon out of this guy. See, because if you read the whole story, there's actually, if you go to the other gospels, you'll see that there was more than one. But he's dealing, evidently, this is the leader that's, that Jesus is dealing with, and he casts the demons out of him. This group of demoniac men, they were controlling this whole co Gulf coastline here, which in that day, the water, that was your means of trade. And so they were, these demon-possessed men were controlling all that. And so Jesus goes and cleans house over there. And then he's done. He finishes his assignment there. He tells the dude that he cast the demon out of you. Go back into your town and start preaching the gospel. Yeah, but he hadn't been to seminary, Reverend. <laughs> we, we, we say stuff like that, though. Right? Yeah. And so, now, now and then we, Jesus leaves, and he's coming back to his hometown, and we enter into, okay, I got time for one more story, all right? We, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is entering into his hometown, but what I want to do, just, I want to shift and go over to Mark's version of this, Okay. So let's go to Mark chapter 2. It's the same story, but once again, Mark gives us much more detail. So he entered Capernaum after some days. This is in verse 1. And this is, I, I've got 12, 12 verses here. It's a little lengthy, so just bear with me. And it was heard that he was in the house, and immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Watch this. That's what I, want. I want you to see this one. And he preached the word to them. Okay, then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come in near, near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. They uncovered the roof. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that, right? I mean, they, this dude's paralyzed. They're carrying him. So the first thing, they have to carry him up on the roof. So there they got he, in this little mat, they carried him, carried him up on the roof. And then they get there, they, they lay Joe over to the side. Man, we, we got to tear a hole in the roof. He's like, what? You're going to tear a hole in the roof? <laughs> yeah. So they tear a hole in the roof. And so when they had broken through, they, they, they let the guy down. <laughs> Are you with me? And, and, and now this is what I want to get to. And when Jesus saw their faith, it wasn't just the dude on the, on the paralyzed guy, but now he had faith because he's letting them dudes carry him up on a roof. And then they cut a hole in the roof, and they're letting, the, you, you got to be there, man. These, they, got, they had to go get some ropes and stuff, man. It probably took a couple hours. Jesus is preaching. He's preaching the word. And there's stuff going on. There's stuff falling. They finally get a hole in it. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> I, I know, you know, you got to be there. And they're letting the dude down. And I'm sure the guy's looking at them, and he's looking at Jesus. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, uh, y'all got me right? <laughs> the dude walks out of there. 
But here's the kicker. Watch this. Jesus saw their faith, and he says to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And the religious people in the room, some of the scribes, the Pharisees, they begin to reason in their heart, who's this man speaking blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sin but God? And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, perceiving in his spirit that they were reasoning in their heart, perceiving in his spirit that they were reasoning in their heart. I love this statement. Hey, guys, which one's easier? Say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin, he said to the paralytic. I say to you, arise, take up your bed. And go to your house. And immediately he arose and took up his bed and went out in the presence of all of them. But I want you to notice something. Look at the, there was faith involved in this, guys. These people believed if they could get to Jesus to the degree, we don't know whose house it was. But they tore somebody's roof open, Joey. Tore their roof open. Are you going to fix that back before you leave, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's some bold faith. See, this is the thing I want you to see. When it comes to these subjects that we're talking about in in the New Testament, when we're learning to be a disciple, don't kid yourself, guys. This stuff comes one one way. The just shall live by faith. And faith comes from hearing and hearing. And so when you get this in you and get it in you and you step out and try one time and it doesn't work the way you read it in the Bible, all that means is you still got some development to do. Don't cast away your confidence because it has great reward. Don't do it. Stay dialed in. I mean, these dudes, man, they didn't have a New Testament. They didn't, they didn't, Ricky, they didn't have this story to read about. They are it, but they didn't know that. They just like, man, hey, guys, there's this dude over here in Capernaum. Man, he's healing people. Hey, Joe, you want to go? We'll pack you over there, brother. And then they get there. See, a lot, of, a lot of Christians like, man, I'm sorry, brother. We brought you over here, but we can't get in. The room's full. My bad. I guess you just got to stay in your mat. Oh, and like, we're here, we, we packed your big over here. <laughs> we, we're not leaving without, what, what if we were that way? I'm not leaving without my healing. If I got to tear a hole in the roof. Yeah, we get shook with the littlest thing. Oh, oh I, I prayed and nothing happened. Stop. There's so much unbelief coming out of your mouth. Just shh, shh. stop all that. Y'all okay? See, this kind of life, it takes development. It takes training. And so the more that we talk about it and talk about it, and I give you this stuff, and we put these things on you version so that you could go home and talk about it and talk about it. And then one day you're out and you're starting to develop some of this, and then you, you pray, you speak to your body. It may not get any better, but here you go, guys. But it didn't get any worse. So all of a sudden, something starts to change, and then you you speak to it again the next day, and the next day, and then five days later, all of a sudden, something's different. Then you, then, then you got ten days in, like man, this thing that thing's gone. Guys, we're still growing in this stuff, so let's stay at it. Amen. Father, we love you tonight. Let this word marinate in our souls, God, Holy Spirit. Ultimately, you are the great teacher. So stretch our faith, remind us, inspire us to be students of the word, allowing it to shape us, to challenge and stretch us. 
that we're not just hearers, but that we are doers. Yes, Lord, that we are Matthew 28 commissioned disciples for your glory, Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you all. Hey, if you brought your giving tonight, just drop it in one of the give boxes on the way or swing over to our church center app and you can uh, uh, continue your giving there. We love you. You all have a wonderful week. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.